This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Look, we all know from experience, compliance sucks. But what if I told you that there is a better way? Our good friends at ByteCheck developed the first ever managed service for SOC 2. Leverage the innovative ByteCheck platform and a combined experience of over 30 years from the ByteCheck team to complete your SOC 2 examination faster without the headache. The ByteCheck team works as an extension of your team to prepare evidence, draft SOC 2 report sections, and provide all the necessary artifacts to your team to then provide to auditors. Reach out to the ByteCheck team by dropping down into the show notes and visiting ByteCheck.com. Welcome back to the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast. In most of our episodes, we talk about work. We talk about the grind. We talk about getting better every single day. But in this episode, we're going to talk about something a little different. We're going to talk about taking time for yourself and maximizing vacation and time off. Time with family, time with friends, time for experiences. And Sarah Groen is no stranger to experiences. She's traveled the world. She is an expert at planning vacations. So we brought her into the studio to talk about how we get the most out of our time off. Without further ado, let's jump right to this episode. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again here in the studio. And this time around, we're switching things up a bit. We've brought in a travel expert. We have Sarah Groen. She is the owner of Bell & Bly Travel, a contributing columnist for the CEO World Magazine, and host of the Luxury Travel Insider Podcast. I can't wait to jump into this conversation. But most importantly, welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Sarah, we met at Podcast Movement, and I just fell in love with your mission. Travel is so important to me. And then listening to your podcast is incredible. Great production, great stories, and great guests. But for the folks that don't know who you are just yet, would love to hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Sure. Um, background is very varied, and um, I like to say I have an extremely random resume. So <laughs> I'm from <laughs> South Texas originally and live in Houston. I got here because I was a finance major originally, and I did investment banking and private equity, all very interesting topics, I'm sure. Um, and at that point, I was kind of interested in getting off the corporate um kind of rat race track. And I just didn't enjoy, I guess, what I was doing. So I went back to business school uh, because I didn't know what else to do and focused on entrepreneurship there. And after that, I came back to Houston and I focused on um, just trying to figure it out, figure it out from there, like what I was interested in doing. So I did all kinds of things, um, invested in energy software startups as part of an accelerator that I co-founded. I worked at Uber. So I launched and ran Uber Eats here in Houston um, and in Phoenix, actually. So both were my markets. Um, and then I finally was thinking, you know, if I'm going to put this much time into a business, it's got to be my own. I need to be building my own equity. So that's when I left. I started looking for companies to buy and invest in. I did a bunch of investing and I finally decided to focus on my passion and start Bell and Buy Travel a few years ago. 
I would love to hear kind of where the passion came from. I'm, I'm sure we all love to travel. I love to travel personally. But what does travel mean for you and why focus on your, you know, thing that you love the most and make it into a business? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I, uh, when I say I'm passionate about travel, um, and people are like, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, I'm passionate about travel too. I'm a little bit crazy about travel. I've been to, <laughs> <laughs> I've been to a hundred countries and all seven continents. And it's uh, at every moment of every day, I'm basically thinking about where am I going next? Um, but I think it came from just an early experience with travel. Um, I went to go visit and stay with family in Germany when I was 15 for an entire summer. And that was just a super formative time. I actually love planning trips for families that have kids around that age, 13, 14, 15, because it really makes such a difference in the way people see the world. And it certainly did for me. So I think that was kind of the early impetus for it. Then I studied abroad twice in college um, and then just used all my free time after that to, to be able to fit in travel. So I have to ask, and I know this is a terrible question to ask because it's like asking a movie buff what their favorite movie is. <laughs> but besides that trip to Germany, what was your most memorable travel experience? It's uh, good, another good question. So I, I, I love all my travel experiences. They're all so memorable for different reasons, right? And different trips fulfill you in different ways. Um, one, I guess back up to the prior question about, about why I love it so much. I actually wrote about it in an essay when I applied to business school. There's a famous business school question when you apply to Stanford. It's, uh, it, they ask you what matters most to you and why. And I, most people answer about their family. And of course, I was trying to stand out and be different so I could actually get into this impossible to get into school. So I wrote about travel. And I remember writing like one of the main reasons I like I personally like to do it is because it reminds me that I'm so small in the world, um, that the rest of the world is so big and so different. There are so many people, there are so many other ways to think and live and experience life um, that when I'm traveling, I'm reminded of that. And I just really liked that feeling. So some of my best travel memories are are surrounded by that. I love my luxury travel and staying in the overwater bungalows and the Maldives and you know, uh, having a glass of champagne in a hammock, that's all fine and amazing. But the <laughs> ones that really stick out in my memory are when I'm in really interesting different places. So one example of that is a trip I took to Iran a, a few years back now. So this was actually when we were working on the Iran nuclear deal the first time. Um, so there was a lot of hope in the country. A lot of people were super excited to meet us and talk to us. Um, and it was mind bendingly different in real life than what we see uh, in the media. So that was a really um, memorable trip for me. I'm sure that all of our listeners can really appreciate the fact that you've worked in tech, you've worked in fintech, you've been a marketing expert, you've also been focused on business. Uh, one of the questions that I had for you is what kind of benefit does travel provide to kind of keep your mind healthy? I'm sure that you've experienced a lot of travel when you're working in tech. But did that do anything for you? Did that change your perspectives on your work and the way that you lived at all? Yeah, I think there is a good amount of research um, 
on this topic that just doesn't really get talked about how good travel is for you, especially if you're an entrepreneur. And this is kind of the crossover where I really like to learn and spend a lot of time because I was an entrepreneur before. All of our clients basically are executives and entrepreneurs. Um, and I see them skipping vacations or things like that. And it, it really like hurts me almost. I'm like, no, you need it. Like, let me help you. Um, but I mean, I think what just one one example is um, neuroplasticity. So there's all this research now coming out that new and different experiences, whether it's travel or not, if something brand new happens to you, you're going to remember that more. You're going to create new neural pathways and having more and different neural pathways keeps your brain agile and helps you to be more creative and gives you all kinds of other benefits. Travel, because it puts you in an environment that's so different from what you're used to, is a great way to have those dense memory-making experiences and create more neural pathways. Uh, so I like to talk about that a lot with clients <laughs> as well. There you go. Everyone that's in tech, neurological benefits to travel. So get out there and do it. You know, we talk about being a, a cybersecurity professional. We talk about being an entrepreneur in tech quite often. And it's just incessant. These folks do not take breaks. They feel like if they're taking a break that the the competitor or the someone that's trying to get the deal or try to get the job that they're trying to get is going to be lost because they're taking these breaks. But I'd love to hear if you've done any additional uh, research into the, the neuroplasticity to the benefits of performance when you take these these breaks. I don't have anything at the uh, like top of my mind in terms of like data or science, but what we do know and what is data backed is the fact that Americans in particular are skipping tons of vacation days. So there's hundreds of millions of vacation days left on the table per year um, from Americans. And I think as that number has gone up, we've seen all kinds of other things happen in our country. It's not, um, there's no correlation that I can point to here, but at the same time, we've seen a rise in mental health issues, people having higher anxiety, um, you know, other other things that are symptoms of maybe working too hard and not taking breaks and not taking time for yourself. So there are all kinds of other benefits aside from the neuroplasticity. It's just taking a mental break and taking some time for yourself. And at least for me, that when I do that, it makes me come back the next day or the next week or the next month to work um, stronger so that I can be better and faster. And for me, the productivity benefits of taking a few days off here and there definitely outweigh the time lost. No, I think that's absolutely perfect. It does outweigh the time lost. I would love to hear your advice for how do folks make the most out of their time off? Well, that's a good question because it is going to differ wildly per person, um, what people like and what they're interested in. So for example, when we bring a new client on, we talk through a lot of stuff about them personally, what they like to do at home, what makes them feel relaxed, what makes them feel stressed, um, what kinds of things they like to do while traveling, what the pace is that they like to have. And everyone is so different. It's funny, like no one really thinks that their preferences are that different, but having done hundreds and hundreds of these calls, no one says the same thing twice. Um, so we usually ask that question to the client, like what helps you relax? What's most important to you on this vacation and why? And we really kind of dig into that. And we'll have, so for example, I'll, I have a client who's, um, 
an executive and a doctor and has four kids. And, you know, I'll have the, I've had, I had a conversation with her where I kind of really dug deep and I was like, why, you know, what's happening here? What's, what's, what do you really need from this trip? And we got to the point where we, where we talked about the fact that in prior trips, she hadn't had fun since they had kids because on trips, she usually got relegated the duties of watching the kids, making sure they weren't, um, you know, running into the water without supervision and that kind of stuff. So that allows me then to say, okay, what I think you really need on this trip is some relaxation and some time, uh, without the kids. So we're going to plan it in a way that we have childcare taken care of that fits into your budget. Um, but that may be totally different. Other people want to make the most of their vacations by filling every minute with something they want to see or do. I did an amazing trip to Egypt for a couple and they wanted to see everything. I was exhausted even reading the proposal, <laughs> right? But like for them, what was best for them for that trip to get the most out of it was um, filling their time with as much as they could see and do and learn in Egypt as possible. So I have to say, I know that's a little bit of a cop-out answer, but it's really different for everybody. You know, focusing on luxury travel, I think of very different things like being at a villa on the water, being in the mountains somewhere spectacular. What does luxury travel typically mean and kind of what have been some of the great opportunities that you've provided Uh, some of your clients. Yeah, it's also different for everybody, right? So luxury means something different. And I even, I even hesitated to even put that in some, not for the show Luxury Travel Insider, but for, um, for Bound by Travel, I even hesitated initially to put luxury, the word in so much of our marketing, because um, it really can mean different things for different people. And I think it's evolving with generations, which this is super interesting to me. So we can get into it. But our, our, our clients across different generations really want different things. They may be spending the exact same dollar amount, but they're focusing it on, on different areas. But what I think is really emerging as what does luxury mean right now is, is true customization. Um, people don't really want to feel like a number anymore. I think luxury of old was like walk into this massive palace hotel with marble floors and like a huge face of flowers bigger than your bedroom at home um, in the lobby and, you know, um, the ability to get room service or whatever. Like people are pretty used to that by now. So that's um, that's not really what we're catering towards. Right now, we're catering really more towards personalized service and personalized and customized things. So if you're really into cooking and you're specifically interested in uh, a particular type of pasta because your great-grandmother was famous for making it and you're taking a trip to Italy, can we find a person who's a specialist in making that particular type of pasta and set you up with her to do a cooking class in her home? Like to me, that's true luxury is when we're able to make a trip that's really specific to you. I love that. And you know what? Chris recently introduced me to the idea of bringing a chef to the home. I'd never really thought of that, especially before COVID. I was like, hey, I'll just go out to some fine dining experience and pay more than I probably could have if I just brought the experience to me. And it's going to be that much more special to have that customization to it. What are some experiences that you've introduced to some of your clients that people don't typically look at? Yeah, it's a good question too. I mean, we can do like a 
like I said, we can really do anything so we can make things up. So that's one thing. We can do things that are ungoogleable because if you can imagine it and you have the budget for it, we can find a way to make it happen. But some some fun examples are, um, yes, of course, we can do villas, a villa in Santorini overlooking the cliffside. You can have your private chef. You can have a butler, butler service. Um, we can do all of that that kind of comes to mind, typical luxury. But some fun things that a lot of people don't know about, we can do some really private and behind the scenes experiences, like going behind the scenes with the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace. So instead of being one of the hundreds of people outside the gate peering in, you can actually be inside the gates and see how the guard gets ready for that ceremony Mm. and all of that. We can privatize the Louvre at nighttime. You could do a tour of the Louvre with the curator of the museum instead of being packed in with a million other people and waiting in line for hours. Um, similar things at like the Uffizi Gallery. Uh, we can do dining outside the pyramids with a um, famous Egyptologist. Um, really, like the <laughs> the it's really up to your imagination. One of our, speaking of Egypt, just because it's top of mind right now, I have a partner there who um, I had on the podcast actually, and I was chatting with him about like, what's the craziest request you've ever gotten that you've had to make something up for? And he said, hey, we had this luxury travel client who was really interested in irrigation systems. So we did all this research. We found all the archaeologists who were the foremost experts in the world on Egyptian, ancient Egyptian irrigation systems and all the modern irrigation system masters in Egypt. And we set up personalized meetings with them for him. (laughs) And he got to go to Egypt and learn all about his, to his heart's content of irrigation. So it's a very random um, example, but just to point out that it really is kind of up to your imagination these days. That's incredible. And I think of, you know, customization is almost like a, a painting, right? You're, you're able to change things and to suit the, the person that's going to be enjoying it. So if you could make it so that I could race Will Smith on jet skis or something like that, that would be fantastic. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, it sounds like you would need a, an extensive network of folks that you can rely on, you know, contacts that you can call in order to pull some of these things off. How important is networking in this type of role? It's really important. And and that's a good point. So we say that we specialize in our client and we sell the world, quote unquote, or we plan the world. Um, And the only way that we can do that is through a fantastic network and partnerships. And so Part of the most, probably one of the most important parts of the business, aside from, you know, having clients is to have these partners around that we've vetted. So we've worked with them. We've gotten great recommendations from them. We understand what types of things they offer. We keep up with them on a very regular basis to hear what's new. It doesn't do our clients any good if I don't know that there's a brand new experience um, in Croatia that's really exclusive and interesting if I if I haven't heard of it. So we're constantly educating ourselves. Uh, but in terms of that network, yes, so we have vetted partners on the ground in pretty much every country that we plan in. And those partners keep up to date on and help us really um, curate these specific um, itineraries and specific ideas. So an example I always like to give is if I, in, in getting to know a client really well, I find out that the client's, you know, son or daughter is really into art um, and not art 
where you go to a gallery and look at it, but art where you actually make art. And they're going to be in a location that's famous for artisans. We're going to find an artisan and put the two together and have that child get to have an experience. So one example is we did Venetian mask making with a Venetian mask making expert in Venice for a family whose, whose daughter loved art. Um, or if uh, one of the other kids is really into basketball, so we pitched the Olympics. Um, and now they're going to get getting to go to the Olympics to, to sit courtside, you know, fingers crossed that it happens in 2021. <laughs> but those are just some small examples. It sounds like you're a master curator with experiences. And before the podcast, uh, when we first met, you recommended a book. It was called Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. Great book, by the way. Really appreciate that recommendation. And it really opened up my eyes about using some of your monetary assets to have a great experience, to kind of live a little and not be too frugal at all the times. What would you say to all of our listeners when they are wanting to dip their toes into a bit more of customization or, as we like to say, luxury when it comes to travel? Yeah, I mean, how people spend their money is is really personal, but I think Bill's point in the book is not to save it for a day that you're never going to spend it. And so, you know, advice to listeners is if there's something that you've always wanted to do, it's make a plan to do it. And whether that's make a plan on your own or have an advisor like me and my company, because, you know, we help our clients achieve their goals longer term as well. Like we know you have a safari on your bucket list. So, and you want to do it before your kids graduate from high school you're going to hear from us when it's time to plan that trip. And at that point, if you don't want to plan it, that's fine, but we're not going to let you off the hook so easily with your, um, with your goals. Right. So either have, um, laid out what you, what you want to accomplish in your life experience wise and bucket those and actually sort of pencil them in. You'd be surprised if you pencil things in that they'll actually happen over time. Um, but don't just think about them in terms of things you want to do. Think about them in terms of things you want to do and your ability and desire to want to do those. So if you, I think one example actually from the book is if you want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Everest, um, like you probably need to do that now, <laughs> however old you are and not wait until you're, you know, 50, 60 or 70 and say, oh, darn, I missed out on that experience. So it's really thinking proactively, whether, like I said, on your own or with the help of an advisor like me um, about the experiences that you want to have and then penciling those in. I'd like to also hear a little bit about how travel has changed due to COVID. I'm sure the way that you're operating is completely different. The way that people are traveling is completely different. What are some of your observations there? Yeah, I'm actually glad you asked that because it's obviously the elephant in the room and things have changed a lot, but I don't want it to scare anybody off who is thinking about planning experiences or has things on their list that they want to accomplish um, to, from starting to plan travel. So Obviously, through COVID, there have been a lot of changes, but at this point, hotels and airlines and tour operators are have adjusted to safety protocols. Um, I'm not going to really weigh in on safety because I think safety is different for every person. We have clients who absolutely will not travel at all. Um, we have clients who don't care and they actually want to go places where there are not any COVID protocols. Right. And we have a lot um, in the middle who have varying degrees of of risk. So they're willing to stay in a hotel that has outdoor entrances to their rooms and outdoor dining. And uh, some who just want to stay in private villas and some who want to do private yachts, like everybody has their own, you know, 
safety tolerance. So aside from the safety bit, like the hotels that everybody's kept up their standards, the top hotels are doing a fantastic job keeping everything as clean and as safe as possible. But aside from that, what's interesting is that booking policies and cancellation policies have flexed tremendously through this. And what that means for the listener is that if you had a dream trip in mind for 2021, you can probably plan it almost risk-free right now. Um, So you can have something to look forward to, and then you can change it if something arises. Um, You know, we work with our client, we're working with our clients and we're spending a ton more time now on this than we used to before to really negotiate those cancellation and change policies up front and then really keep an eye on those dates. So one quick example might be like, you want to go on a trip in, you know, next September. Well, we can book it now to reserve the space, but we know that we have free cancellation for the client up to two months in advance. So, you know, three to four months in advance, we're talking again. We're saying, hey, how are you feeling about travel? Don't forget, we have a month or two to fully decide whether or not we want to cancel or change the dates for this trip. Um, We're checking on, you know, what what things are like in the destination, what things are like in the home country, uh, all of that. So that's one big change where prior you might have put down deposits that were fully non-refundable when you booked a trip. Now there's a lot more flexibility. That's great. You really do two things. You give folks a peace of mind about booking the travel in the first place. And if they have to back out, they, they have to back out. But then also you're really giving folks that light at the end of the tunnel. They're looking forward to traveling again and being able to have these experiences. A huge part of experiences for me and travel and the like is food. I remember being in Hawaii and I was on a work trip and I I wanted to get the most out of that experience. And I looked up the best sushi restaurant on the island and it was Sushi Show. And I was like, oh, and I looked into it and it said, oh, you have to book usually three months out in order to get a seat. And I called up and literally that night was one spot open. It's just this 10 seat, two dinner a night sushi place. And I tell you what is the closest I've been to crying at a meal because it was so perfect. I'd love to hear how food fits in for a lot of folks travel and what has been one of your most favorite dining experiences. Oh my gosh, I haven't had sushi since COVID started. I'm so jealous. I'm dying right now. (laughs) Um, So yes, food is a huge trend in travel right now. And it's not just people wanting these amazing dining experiences. I actually think that it's trending a lot more towards having local cuisine experiences, especially when traveling internationally. Um, So having the chance to do, you know, go to the market with a local and do a cooking class or food tours have been super popular um, and continue to be uh, very popular. So getting to go around with a local expert, one of the favorite ones I've ever done was in Athens. And you get to just kind of pop into different places and try all different kinds of things and have them tell you why that particular spot is amazing and has like a historical recipe that's been secret for a hundred years or whatever the story is behind it. It's kind of the food combined with the really interesting stories and history. So those are all big, um, big trends. And then in terms of sort of like behind the scenes type things, like bringing up sushi again in Japan, for example, a really cool experience that we can do is having you go to the fish market with a famous sushi chef and then actually having him cook for you and, you know, 
you get to experience this art, which is a true master, master art in Japan, getting to see kind of the day-to-day life of the chef and actually getting to see his craft in in person and live. So there are all kinds of trends and, and such and focus on food in the travel world right now. That's incredible. I, I would love to watch a sushi chef for a day. That would be just a dream as long as I get to taste the sushi. One thing that <laughs> I wanted to mention, and the folks that listen to our show know that Ron and I take Think Weeks, kind of a la Bill Gates. We go off to a place, we hunker down minimalist style, and we focus on what we want to do for that year, for that quarter, whatever it is, what do we have to plan for the podcast, our careers? Maybe we're doing some type of new content, and we are enlisting your help this time to help plan our most perfect think week ever would love to hear a little bit of a, a sneak peek of what we have to look forward to as we work with you yeah i'm really excited about this so the first step is always to send you guys a forum so i just get a little bit of a taste and some interest and so you guys already sent that to me so i have those um and in that form i'm asking basics. How many nights, how many travelers, what would make this a wild trip? And what, what are some of your past favorite hotels you've stayed at just to kind of get a taste of you guys or any other client in terms of what you're interested in and what you're looking for. And it's funny because usually in that form, I'll get sort of pithy, like small, you know, quick answers. And then the next step is we'll actually just jump on a call. And I have a lot longer, I re-ask some of the same questions from the form. It's interesting for me to see and hear like what change it from the form to when we're actually speaking about it in person. Um, but we just dive a lot deeper and we go through a lot of questions, a lot of answers, like why, what's important to you and why, and other trips, information about what's happened on other, other trips and what you're really trying to get out of it. And on that call, I start to sort of get a real true vision of what might what might make sense. And then we start to talk about options and possibilities. Fantastic. And listeners definitely be on the lookout because we're going to be sharing some of that content with you in the future. Sarah, thank you so much for hopping on the mics with us today. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you and all the things that you're doing, what are the best ways that people can do that? Sure. So you can check us out for travel advising on our website, www.bellandblytravel.com. The podcast we alluded to is Luxury Travel Insider. I get to interview some of the top um, folks in luxury travel, but it's really focused on the traveler. So you get to kind of hear and feel and experience what it might be like to visit some of these places. That uh, podcast is called Luxury Travel Insider on all platforms and uh, connect with me on Instagram at Sarah with an H goes global. Love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. We'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes. Highly recommend everyone to check out your podcast and appreciate the time. So we'll see everyone next time. Thanks guys. If you enjoy our content, it would mean so much to us. If you shared this episode on social media, told a friend or wrote us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. 